Hey, what's happening, everybody? This is Dennis Terrell of Terrell Knifeworks, and you and I are listening to the Work For It podcast, where the emphasis is on business in the workshop. You can support these guys for as little as $1 a month or $12 a year, and show your support by going to patreon.com forward slash work for it to find out more. $12 a year? That won't even buy two gallons of gasoline here in California. You might as well support these guys like I do so they can help us all work for it. All right. Good morning or afternoon, whenever you're listening to this. This show is being recorded on the 4th of July, the day of independence for the United States of America. If you're not an American, it's probably hard for you to fully wrap your mind around what Independence Day means for us as Americans. I'm sure maybe some of your countries have had similar um, or do have similar holidays. And this show is going to be based around our idea of what it means to be an American. So um, I, I would hope that we will convey properly what it means to live in America and be alive during this time on the 4th of July. Thomas Jefferson who is one of our forefathers, one of the, uh, the, the people who developed the Declaration of Independence. He wrote in the, in the independence uh, documentation of what will become the future of this country that we are to have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I think because a lot of us tend to zone out during history class, I'd like to give you a little bit of an insight as to what that means to me. As you guys know, if you listen to this podcast before, you know that I feel I'm a very patriotic person. I believe in this country. I believe for what it stands for. I'm a free market capitalist. I believe in that system. Brings more people out of poverty than any other system on the planet. We have our flaws. Americans are flawed. Our laws are flawed. Our healthcare system is flawed. But one thing I do know is that we are a free people. And the forefathers who wrote down the Declaration of Independence, they knew what it meant to not be free. Taxation without representation. They were under the tyranny of a king. They wanted to get out from underneath that and give everyone, all future generations of this country, they wanted to give us that gift of freedom. A lot of men fought and died for that freedom. You're out there and you're doing what you do every single day because men, good men, took up arms and fought for this country. They gave you their lives in exchange for your freedom. That's a powerful thing, people. It, it makes me emotional to think about. A lot of my contemporaries went to war for the same purpose and didn't come back or came back different men. And I appreciate you guys. So when you wake up in America on the 4th of July, understand this, that you were not given happiness. You were not given any, you are not entitled to happiness but they wrote down in that important piece of on that important piece of paper that documentation that states you have the right you have the life and the liberty the freedom 
to pursue happiness. And that means pursuing a meaningful life. A life that's filled with purpose and good work to continue the legacy that they started. That legacy is that you're supposed to leave this place better for future generations than when you got it. You have a responsibility. This isn't a single one-for-all type situation. This is an all-for-one. Or it's the other way around. Either way, you know what I mean. We are not in this alone. You have to work together. We are in this together. So when I say that you have the pursuit, you have the right to pursue freedom and happiness, you've been given the freedom to do so. But you got to work for it, baby. You got to work for it. And so that is the theme of this show. And on today's show, we have a special guest. His name is Kyle Daly of the Knife Perspective Podcast. One very important person has claimed him as his favorite podcaster some very smart man said <laughs> wrote it down in fact it's in it's documented <laughs> it's signed this piece of paper it's like the declaration of podcasters independence <laughs> dr laren thomas another oh i thought you're another... talking about jeff fader said that he was your favorite <laughs> i'm pretty sure oh, jeff so, and i've been friends a long time you have been <laughs> friends a long time so we ben is still traveling we've asked kyle to come on this show and by the way, I have to have you guys understand something. You, Brian and Kyle, both know me very well. So they can, they can say, they can look at me and know that I'm being truthful when I say this. Is that I believe that the American way of life, the American dream is not dead. That you have it. It is there, but you have to go out and get it. No one is coming here to save you. No one is coming here to help you. But the forefathers have laid the groundwork, the fundamentals for you to go out and get it. Are you wasting your life? Are you wasting your time? Are you sitting around a fire pit, drinking beers and eating chips every day? If you are, it's time to look in the mirror. Stand up. Work for it. Let's go, Brian. Let's do it. Yes, 4th of July, baby. It's the freedom. We got it, baby. We're doing it every single day. Even on this holiday of the 4th of July, we are working hard. Not sitting around a fire. I mean, I can't say any. I don't know for sure if Kyle. Kyle might be recording this next to a fire pit drinking a beer. And if that's the case, Kyle, I appreciate you, brother. But I doubt that somehow. I think I think really what you're doing is you're in your workshop. You got your microphone turned on, and you've got a stack of knives that you've been working on. I can only I can just hear it going on. Yeah, I'm down in my basement shop right now. Basement That's shop. the 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 clean area with the the 3D printer and where I take my photos and do my glue ups and stuff like that. So, right on. And my my podcasting uh, computer studio. Just give us the elevator pitch. If no, if people don't know who you are, how do you introduce yourself to a whole new audience? So I'm um, I'm Kyle Daly. Uh, make care, make and do Cage Daily knives, and I kind of go at my stuff with a three pronged attack. I was an engineer, and I can't just do my job and not constantly try to improve it. So uh, that was 
one of the things when I started making knives, I my brain couldn't stop of like, there's got to be an easier way to hand sand. And that's when I started making the sanding sticks that helped me make my stuff a lot better and a lot easier. So I sell a lot of knife making tools and just recently published my own book for uh, how to do file work. That's one of the things that I'm known for. And I've taught the, the class at Blade Show the last three years uh, for Blade Show University. So that's kind of the... One of the things that uh, sets me apart from some of the other makers is doing some of the decorative file work down the spines uh, inside where the handle is. So, um, but yeah, I'm a host of Knife Perspective with my good friend Dan Eastland of Dogwood Custom Knives and uh, just love talking and trying to be a positive impact in the community and um, help everybody that I meet. I will say that uh, I would 100% agree with that, um, that, autobiography you just gave which is you're a, you're like a king of problem solving yeah i love yeah. that about you kyle because <clears throat> you you have uh, solved a lot of problems for the community and and given a lot of that information away um and then all you do a lot you do it very similar to what i do give the information away and then create a product around that so that you can so if somebody decided they didn't want to make it themselves they could actually buy it from you and i yeah. love that um, yeah, that's uh, uh, that's been one of the, the things, especially with the our podcast and stuff. I knew I wasn't going to be selling a lot of the people that listen to our podcast knives. So the knife making tools has really been a, been a really integral part to ever since I went full time when I got laid off when they moved my engineering job down to Texas and we decided not to not to go with them. So, um, yeah, it's been been a wild ride and the last it's all been almost full-time for almost the last two years so so it's been pretty crazy kyle let me interrupt for just a second mm -hmm. go ahead and go on a nice little diatribe why did you not move to texas do you just hate the place do you hate the people of texas <laughs> no no jesus I brian why <laughs> brian brian walks into a room and goes oh um i've got this five gallon gas tank of gasoline let me just pour it all over the floor and flick a match into it and walk out so nice uh, job there were there were a couple of reasons we decided not to move to texas the we we had been looking for a bigger house and we moved into our new house where we're at in october of 2020 and uh, spent all of christmas unpacking and organizing and building my shop and stuff and then uh in january just three months later found out they were moving our whole oh. facility to texas oh, and my engineering job was ending so we really loved our house uh we just went through all the moving stuff and didn't want to pack every literally everything back up mm. and uh do that again um also when when they were trying to get us to go down there uh one of the other engineers raised his hand and said, uh, I heard the building down there isn't air conditioned for our lab. <gasps> and uh, huh. our, our manager said, uh, you heard correct. And I was like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Forget so, about it. Uh, last year, the high was 138 degrees <gasps> inside the lab from one of the guys that told me. So um, I can only imagine what it is right now with some of the record setting heat that's going on right now. Oh Sounds like it was God. a good decision. You you live in a place uh, where I was near where I was born, and um, so I'm I'm very familiar with where you live. I spent a lot of time, 26 years in that area. Mm -hmm. Went to college just outside of there, and um, got my bachelor's degree from NIU out in the cornfields of DeKalb. 
And uh, it's a great it's Kyle and I have always had a, a pretty good relationship because of a mutual respect for what we do. And we're very similar people. And I've always, I always love hanging out with you at uh, Blade Show. You're like one of my you're like basically my magnet. Uh, I end up hanging out with you and Brent and everybody else. But uh, but yeah, it's it's g- great to have you on the show. And uh, today's theme of this uh, podcast really was to talk about what you how you feel about or what's your life been like living in America and experiencing freedom because today we celebrate we celebrate that freedom of independence Um, a lot of people don't in other places don't fully get in fact a lot of Americans don't fully understand independence I mean I think they know the basics of it and what it means but when we declared independence from uh, Britain and from the king's rule uh, we broke free of all of that, uh, quote unquote, tyranny. And now I didn't live in that time, so I don't really understand because I can't. I don't have a I've always lived in freedom. I was born in 1977. I was born blessed with, um, you know, a couple of 400 years of, um, you know, of this fantastic uh, feeling of being independent from a, a, another nation. And I know there's a lot of people out there that look at our country and go, you know that America has a lot of problems and there's yeah we do I mean we're a young country so if you look at us and you really want to put a microscope under America you can find a ton of issues I mean we have a lot of problems and things to solve but here's one of the beautiful things about this country is that the three branches of government that we have set up here they allow for us to repair those issues okay it's a very diverse group of people who come together and decide on What's what, essentially, from the federal side. And then we also have these little states, like I live in the great state of Florida, where <laughs> we just passed a law, boy, that is just, like, unbelievable to me. Uh, you are now able, in the state of Florida, to carry, conceal carry a weapon without, and when I say weapon, I mean firearm, without a license. Um, hmm. There, You should, before you take my words on this, read about the law. But um, essentially, you have to meet certain requirements. But if you meet those requirements, you no longer need a concealed carry to carry a firearm in the state of Florida. Um, I'm not sure if I agree with that. Uh, There's a lot of people that shouldn't be carrying firearms um, without going through the proper training um, like I did. Uh, But uh, hey, whatever. I get it. We're we're trying. DeSantis is trying to free up Florida even more, which, by the way, I didn't even know you could be more free than living in the state of Florida. I mean, if you've ever been here, it is like a fuck. This like people go, oh, it's you know, Florida man and all this stuff. And they all these news articles. All of that is shit is real. We have like I think it's 11 or 12 million people that live here. And this, it's it's not policed very well here. I mean, we're just very, very free. It's very similar to Texas, um, you know, but at the same time, if you fuck up, you'll find out. It's it's tagline tagline for Florida. Basalts, alligators and freedom. <laughs> freedom baby. Hurricanes and freedom. That's it. That's our tagline. Yeah, we got it here. So, but what what here's here's what let me give you a little piece of sort of understand. So, I lived in Illinois, which is very policed and it is very um it it it's I didn't realize it when I was living there, but there is there's a lot of governance there. You know, the cities are governed very tightly, even though it tends to lean on the Democratic side. Um, there's more government 
and it's more regulatory. You pay more taxes. So when I moved to the state of Florida, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't, it's just different. You know, there was a lot of differences here. So um, I, I kind of started thinking like, wow, they're kind of letting us just live our lives in a way that, you know, if as long as you're a good human being, you pay your taxes, you go to work and you're not like messing with people constantly, you can pretty much do whatever you want, you know? Um, yeah. So, and I think that's one of the great things about all of the different states uh, because there's no like um, to get out like in Europe, if you if you don't like what your country is doing, you need to move to a completely different country. And that's like a really big process. If you don't like what your state's doing, you can be like really impactful on your local government and your state yep. government if you don't like what's going on. And if that if that gets so out of control, you can just go to a different state and it's not that huge of a huge of a thing you can move. And I think that's part of the reason why you see a lot of people going from California to Texas and some of these other states that have a lot less uh, regulations and stuff like that. Yeah. And if you look at states like California, and I, I, we have a bunch of people who support our show that live in the state of California. There's a lot of regulatory stuff going on there. For, and it seems odd because it's like a state that is bankrupt for the most part. You know, they have a hard time uh, balancing the books, but yet they have all of this, you know, governing regulation type stuff. For the most part, California is a great place to live. I, you know, choose to not live there just because I don't like the the traffic and all the, you know, the p- people being tight. Now, state of Florida, though, is turning quickly into that. Yeah. But um, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, on a local level, you can make very, very big changes to the everyday existence of your life. Uh, and yeah. that's a beautiful part of our our politics here in in uh, the great country of the United States. I think um, a lot of people don't understand how easy it is and how much like the mayor of your town or something like that is accessible. Um, they want to talk to people. If you go to your, your place, uh, the courthouse or not courthouse, but the city hall, city hall, uh, you can, you can get in touch with a lot of your representatives and stuff like that, that are making big decisions and, uh, talk to them. And they're, they're probably going to actually want you to come there. So, yeah, I ran into governor Rick Scott at a smoothie joint and sat and talked with him for a few minutes. And while he was our governor and it, it was just total happenstance. I was just happening to order something. He was standing next to me in line and uh, we started talking and, um, you know, I just back then I didn't really understand a whole lot of politics, but I had a few questions for him and he answered them with grace and style. Like this dude was like, you know, I know people politically don't like some people really love Rick Scott. Other people don't, but you know, he while he was answering my question with a lot of grace and style somebody came up to him and started fucking screaming at him and she, you know and, and you know claiming that he it was involved in something and you know and he and he turned to her as she's yelling at him now secret service is like swooping in <laughs> right and and he goes <laughs> You know, um, a lot of people think I had something to do with that. Unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to vote on that. I wasn't even involved in the, the, the writing of that law, and I didn't get a chance to vote on it because it never made it to, you know, my desk. And the lady was like, I don't oh. believe that, you know, screaming oh, at him geez. and stuff. And, and See, he was like, I don't know what to tell you. You, you should do your research. And it was, it was like unbelievable that somebody could, you know, say something like that, to like scream negative shit at somebody, and he was able to just like – 
And Turn it off. That's the problem with politics in general right now is, you know, it's so people are so quick to scream about something that they haven't really looked that far into. Let's let's steer away from this politics talk. Let's go ahead and. <laughs> no, 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 Brian. I don't want to steer uh, away from politics. This, I, the, the, this is an important piece of of the Fourth of July that I want to talk about, because I think there's a lot of people that don't fully understand and politics doesn't have to go negative. I'm not taking sides sure. in any way. I, what I'm trying to say is, is that it's an important piece of, of how we create our uh, continue to create better lives for us a, as Americans. The initial component of it, we could sit and talk about the forefathers and what they did and wrote down the Declaration of Independence and how that's been changed over time. For the most part, though, those laws that were put in place, they've been amended not not very often. You know, there's there's a lot of things that are still very much a rule in this country that are things that people still go to bat for. And I will give you an example. The Second Amendment. Second Amendment is you guys know what that is. Mm hmm. Oh, yeah. The right to bear arms, right? Yep. So if you, a lot of countries, and this is a very hot topic, um, you know, because people see all the issues that we have in this country with mass shootings, people um, taking guns to schools, um, you know, killing others with w guns. And it's a terrible thing. It's awful. I will say my take on this is, is that, we have issues in regards to mental health that need to be addressed, and I get it. And there is easy access to these uh, these guns and things that people have, and it's unfortunate. But one of the things I love about the Second Amendment is, is it keeps our – we have the world's largest civilian militia. If for some reason that another country or, or God forbid, our own government were to turn on its people, we have an option – to fight back. Whereas these other countries that have been totally disarmed, there isn't that option, unfortunately. And so I will stand by the second amendment because it continues to preserve the masses. Okay. And it is an unfortunate thing. Guns are, can be misused by people with um, mental health problems, and we need to address that even better. And I, I think it's something that we need to focus on. I, I just don't know the answers. I don't have them. But what I will say is that we have the largest civilian militia in the world. And so, if, and granted, we're not very organized. <laughs> you know, most people that have a lot of guns don't understand fully how to use them. But I think very quickly we could be uh, tooled up and we could fight back if needed. See so that's why I believe in it. I always thought that the Second Amendment was all about taxidermy. It's your right to own bear arms. <laughs> that is a terrible joke. Uh, but yes, that's funny. <laughs> uh, I wanted to mention something, speaking of laws and stuff like that. I think um, one of the organizations that uh, a lot of us care about that doesn't get talked about <laughs> enough in the knife, knife community is knife rights. And... Mm. Um, the KnifeRights.org uh, was organized by Doug Ritter uh, in 2006 because basically someone made him mad about a knife. And uh, since 2006, they've resulted in 44 repealing knife bans in 28 states and over 175 cities and towns. Um, so they've uh, been responsible for defeating 12 anti-knife bills in seven states also. 
and have been effective in preventing a lot of litigation and stuff against people for simply owning a knife. So Doug and crew, um, I appreciate you guys a lot. I donated it try to donate a knife every year to knife rights. They they're doing a big uh, push to raise funds. They call it the uh, ultimate steel giveaway. So uh, go to kniferights.org and uh, you can donate and win a ton. I think they have over $125,000 in knives and guns. And there's a, I think there's a safari trip, or at least there was last year uh, that you could win and a bunch of stuff like that. So now do you guys, either of you guys carry a knife and think of it as a self-defense uh, piece or do you, is it more like you carry a knife because it's utility and the other, you know, secondary use couldn't be self-defense that's exactly how i think about it is you know i carry my edc3 or my nano neck knife as you know i i use these because i work in an area where i need to be cutting things opening boxes it's good to have knives on your person just for those little utility things and you know if i do have a crazy person that attacks me yeah sure i guess i have a knife on my on my hip i hope i never have to use it in that way just like if if and when you know I have a gun in my possession. I hope that I never, ever have to use it, but it's it's there. Yeah, I'm with you. I carry, as you guys know, I'm a, a bald man knife and tool carrier, and I carry my thicker clipper, which is a very short knife. I mean, it's like an inch and a half, I think, the blade. Or no, it's a little longer than that, two and, two and a half inches, I think, uh, which is the reason why I voted for your two and a half inch yes. uh, uh uh, I'm going to uh, convert you. Harpoon. I'm telling you, yeah. I'm going to convert so, you into so, carrying anything this thing. bigger than that. I feel like anything bigger than that might be a little bit of a, of a thing, but I do carry it there. So to give you a frame of reference, so about like three months ago, two months ago, somebody came into our parking lot and ripped all the catalytic converters off of all the service trucks that are, oh, you know, the guys that are keep their cars outside here. And it must've been just like a crew of guys that came through with a sawzall and, you know, so ever since then, <clears throat> I had been feeling not so safe when I leave the shop after dark. And there's yeah. times when I'm leaving here because, you know, you never know. One of those guys could be, you know, armed or trigger happy and, you know, you know, that kind of thing. You never know what could happen. Or you walk out and find somebody stealing from you, you know. Yeah. Um, it, of course, I would never want to injure anyone. I would just I just feel like I would need something to defend myself. Yeah. If I'm not carrying my knife, I feel very naked. I feel like there, if for whatever reason I would need us to defend myself, I know for for, for a fact that I'm not going to be able to do it with my hands very well because yeah. I'm not coordinated. I'm not trained. But a knife would give me at least a little bit of an advantage, you know. See, so even even in my little podunk town, or back when I had the old shop in Auburn, which is the smallest little itty bitty community. I had someone break into my shop, you know, they stole a knife and they ate some granola bars and stole my first dollar. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy that, you know, even in such a small itty bitty community, that shit still happens. Yeah. It's rare, super far and few between or few and far between is the way you're supposed to say that. But you know, that shit still happens. So yes. yeah, it's, it's, you know, I advocate for it for sure. Yeah, for sure. So um, the right to bear arms includes knives, by the way. So it's it's one of those things that 
um, I feel very strongly about, you know, that they put that into place for a reason because there was back then there were was these countries that they were a part of that disarmed the populace. And so they knew what that looked like. They wanted to include that um, in the Second Amendment, which I don't know when the Second Amendment was put in place. I don't know enough about the history of it, but that was put in place to to ensure that we could do that. So moving forward, I'd like to hear a little bit of a story from you guys or give me some perspective on what independence means to you. And Kyle, I'll, um, if you don't mind going first, I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience living in America and what freedom means to you. So I've always been blessed to live here. Also, uh, my uh, mother's uh, mom was actually from the Ukraine. Um, and she actually, my, my mom was born in uh, Austria, Austria in Salzburg, Austria at a military base on Dwight Eisenhower's birthday during world war two. Um, when, when my, my grandmother and grandfather met, uh, during the war and, uh, they growing up with hearing that stuff and she, my, my grandmother died before my mom even met my dad. Um, so hearing stories that my mom would tell about her grandmother of stuff that happened in Russia and Ukraine and stuff like that was always extremely impactful on how people lived and they sponsored uh it was over 20 families uh as my mom and uh, uncle were growing up uh into the united states and my mom had tons of stories about um how grateful those people were to have sponsors like my grandmother and grandfather um so luckily i've never had to like experience any of that um government intervention uh i get i get mad with the the little bit that we have here sometimes but um just being extremely grateful to do whatever whatever we want um like whatever path career we choose uh we're able to do it i know lots of people in other countries aren't able to do that they're like your father's a farmer you're gonna be a farmer like i don't want to be a farmer well too bad that's what you're doing so um i've been been super blessed to get the education that I have and um, be able to do the things that I want to do. I think you said something really that touched me, um, touched my heart, which is how important the daily life is of someone who doesn't really truly have freedom. It's, it's one of the things that I think us as Americans take for granted, right? You know, because we've lived here our whole lives. We don't know what it's like. You know, think about the United States of America was founded by a bunch of dissidents, right? We don't like being told what to do. I mean, literally, that's in a core of our DNA. And uh, when so, you know, as the country was forming and growing, you know, give us your tired, your hungry and your poor. You know, we became the land of opportunity. The growing pains that are associated with that in the civil rights movement, we've we, we had we've just gone. We've had a lot of issues, but we've done our absolute best to solve them, you know, mm. and it was because we are trying to create equality amongst men mm. and women, of course. 
So the overtime, God, you know, that was another one. You know, these gender roles and all the things that we had going on that a lot of us will never fully understand. I don't even fully, I do somewhat understand the civil rights movement, but I was born 10 years after it. So even then I, you know, I look, I'm not a person who sees race or color. I just, you know, I grew up in a migratory farm community. It's just like all my friends were Latin Americans. It, but there's a lot of people who have, who are of color even today that suffer because of that, but they have a lot, you know, we've come a lot further than where we were before. Mm -hmm. Um, You can educate yourself on all of this, of course, but if you don't look at our history of us as a country, um, it's hard to understand. And that's the reason why I'm giving you this little bit, a little uh, pieces of history of America. It's because when we see a problem and we go out and we solve it or we try, and it sometimes it takes 10 years, sometimes it takes 20 years to, to correct these issues but we go out and we do it. The basis of which, though, is that Declaration of Independence. That that piece of paper, it is super, and the Bill of Rights is super important to understanding the core of what we have. And we can't modify it too much because really it's almost, they're very perfect in the way that they wrote that stuff down. It was a lot of, um, a lot of knowledge that was put in there because they saw what it looked like to have a society that had migrated away from that or didn't really fully understand what it meant to be free. Freedom, ultimately, ultimately, freedom is the thing that you have to focus on. And it's because the more freedoms you have, the better your life is. Now, of course, there's certain things you can't do. You know, you can't go out and punch your neighbor in the face. You can't go out and kill somebody, be violent. You can't do those things. Those are, we have rules in place to stop you from doing those things. But there, but for the most part, we have this this freedom, this beautiful thing we call freedom. And so, um, and and there's a lot of countries that are moving towards that or have some sort of modified version of, um, you know, their different types of um, systems that they have in place that are moving more towards giving their people the the freedoms that they so desperately want. Um, And why do you think there's so many people, uh, you know, scrambling to get into the United States? This is truly the land of opportunity and the land of freedom. And and it just takes you go to Mexico, (laughs) just walk around. You'll go, holy shit. You know, Mexico is a beautiful country, but there's a lot of problems there that they that, you know, their people are not truly free. You have to see it from someone else's perspective in order to gain that perspective to truly appreciate what you have in the United States of America. Yep. Brian, what's it mean to you? You're 29 years old. You've been here for a while. Tell me what it means to you. To me, Independence Day is all about the discount codes on mattresses and used cars. That's where it's all out. That's what Independence Day is all about right there. Okay, maybe there are a lot of sales that happen during this time of year. And so if you are looking for a mattress or something along those lines, you can find one very cheaply. But but for real real now and the the thing about the the Independence Day sales and I, you know, I used to do them and I used to do I used to have I have this philosophy now where, okay, you could have an Independence Day sale. You can have a Memorial Day sale, which I think is disgusting, honestly. Yeah. Um, you know, there these these companies are leveraging these dates because they're low sales days over the course of history. 
They're right. low sales days, so they know that they have to generate revenue, giving discounts on those days. Otherwise, people are not focusing on consuming things or buying things. Right. Um, and uh, I think it's a disgusting practice, honestly. I, I get We do two sales a year. That's Labor Day. That's, Labor Day is one of my favorite uh, days. That's for the hardworking people that um, built this country and continue to be the oil in the system that we have here called capitalism and also Black Friday because it gives people an opportunity to buy gifts for others and it generates it puts us in the black at the end of the year. Um, those okay. are the two two sales. Anyway, Brian, let me answer for real. What now. does freedom bring <laughs> to you as freedom you and go. you know independence, it's all about the ability to to upward mobility in your social status. And it's all about if you're if you're born into a poor family, a lower middle class, middle class, wherever you're born, if you work your ass off, if you truly get up and you find your passion and you just work for it every day, day in, day out, you you bust your butt, you start a small business, you work really hard, you can gain yourself a decent life and through the hard work that you put out. It's all about that freedom to you. Yes, there is some government, you know, there is some restrictions, there's hoops you have to jump through. But without that, I mean, look at a, you know, there's many places in this world, like you said, if your father was a farmer, you're a farmer. If your father was a blacksmith, you're a blacksmith. If, you're, if your family is, were tailors, you're going to be a tailor. There's no, there's no outward mobility or upward mobility of that family into and per, into in perpetuity here in America and other places that have freedom like us, you can bust your butt. You can start your own business. My grandfather started a music store. I don't have to now sell trombones and trumpets and drums to, you know, snot nosed middle schoolers because he started that business. I can do something totally different because this is America. That's a great point. I mean, you do have the upward mobility you can do it here. I I don't know. Um, I had this. I had this. Uh, every every day I drive out of my um, neighborhood and I have to head north to my shop. And I drive through this part of town um, called Bonita Springs, and we jokingly call it Burrito Springs. All right, just and it's not a racist thing. It's just that it's because you can get some really great Latin food there. There's a massive Latin community there, and they're all fantastic folks. It's a great town. Um. And one of the things, so I'm leaving for work 6.30, 7 a.m. And some of these people don't have driver's licenses. For whatever reason, I don't know, okay? Um, but they don't have driver's licenses, so they have to ride their bicycles to work. And in the morning, there is a slew of people that are on bicycles heading to, and now if you've lived in Florida, riding a bicycle in the middle of July is it's, it's it is hot it is hot and hot hot even at six in the morning it's like 85 degrees here and so and it's 100 percent humidity it is just sweltering these guys with smiles on their faces are riding their bikes through the crosswalks going to wherever they're going to do their jobs and they're probably going to sweat all fucking day they are going to be cutting lawns and building houses and doing all the hard labor shit that we as you know, snot-nosed, you know, uh, fourth, fifth-generation Americans, we would never do that because we're above that. You know, why do we have to do that? I, I, I work in the air conditioning because, you know, I have a degree and all that. These guys are just getting started. Yeah. They're getting their feet wet. They're getting their they're first-generation Americans. 
Yep, they got to go out and work for it. Yep, it sucks. Yep, you're you have no connections to pretty much anybody. You're going to be low man on the totem pole. But they're fucking happy to do it. Here's because the thing: where they grew up, they did not have that opportunity. That opportunity for that work and decent pay did not exist. They have it here, so they're happy to go and do it. They have this is their pursuit of happiness. This is their pursuit Correct. of of leaving their next generation off better than where they came from or where you are at today. 100% agree. That is and their pursuit. Hopefully so they're just if a they little bu- different exactly. in, in the and, stage. Yep. I think what's amazing too is how many of those people take the money that they make in those super hard jobs and send it back to where they, yes. they came from to try to um, bring up the people that they left behind that couldn't make it with them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a it's an honorable pursuit, and it shows the the core of of the human spirit is that they're you know they're willing to do those things, sacrifice for others. It's a beautiful fucking thing. I think it is a beautiful thing. So uh, every time you wake up in America, you were born here, and you get to walk around and have your you know have your citizenship card. You better thank your lucky fucking stars that you were born here. And that you are able to do the things you're able to do. You can, you can complain about <clears throat> uh, uh, our issues here all you want. And uh, if you don't vote or you don't go down to your local uh, you know, city hall or talk to your local representatives, you got no fucking game. You got nothing. You got nothing. Bitch and moan all you want on Facebook. I'll give you a thumbs fucking down because you're not doing anything real about it. Because you don't really care. You just want to be heard and you want to be seen as a victim. Go fuck yourself and go out there and do something with that time. No no joke. These Tag fucking line. keyboard commandos that are out there bitching about their fucking local politics or bitching about the president and what he's doing and what bike he fell off of and whatever else. Go make a fucking difference somewhere then. You Tag know what line. I'm saying? Like for real. Tagline from Brian House, go fuck yourself. Oh, I say that on a regular. That's like my that is a regular statement that comes out of my mouth because a lot of people lack the big picture. They don't see the perspective. They it's it's human nature to want attention. It's human nature to want things better. It's human nature to complain. The action component of it is what truly matters. And if you think action is typing something out on Facebook, and hoping that something will change, you are sorely mistaken, and you will get a go fuck yourself from Brian House. Hey, I Brian. want you to start commenting that on Facebook. I want to see it. I want to see I've you held, stir that. I pot. have held myself back because it's. I don't like spreading negativity. Right. I think some of these people, because they're not hearing me, and there's no context. If you're listening to it on this podcast, there's context. Right. You hear what we're talking about. There is a there is a theme to the things that we're saying. But if I just write "go fuck yourself" under somebody's oh, yeah, you know, yeah, thing, yeah. go you know, it just becomes negative, and I don't want yeah. that. What I do want is to educate people, and I hope somebody that's listening to this right now goes, "Yeah, I'm kind of guilty of that. I'm guilty of bitching and moaning and complaining. I'm guilty of putting my hand out and feeling entitled. I'm guilty of these things. What can I do to change it? Here's what you can do." If you want to make change in the world, there's only one thing, one fucking thing you can do, and that is to take action. Whether that means go to work, show up early, stay late, do extra to make it happen for yourself, or bring somebody up with you, 
you know, look at the world that you're living in and say, how can I leave this place a better place when I go? Mm. What am I going to leave behind for my children? Those are the things that you can take action on that are honorable, that move us forward as a civilization. You get a fucking blip of time on this planet. If, if you're lucky, you get 90 years here. And in that 90 years, that first, I would say the first freaking 18 of those years, you're a drooling moron. Sure. And then the rest of that time, you're, it's, uh, you know, you got about another 40 years of good times in between where you have all your faculties and then you turn into a drooling moron again. You got a very first small eight, amount of hold time. Hold on. Drooling moron for the first 18 years. Don't talk about Dexter like that. Come on now. <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> we are we have a rule in our house. If you're going to be dumb, you better be tough. And I'm not saying yeah. they're dumb. But I'm, what I'm saying is is that you're you're focused on other things. You're very egocentric in your first you know 20 years of life. And some people never outgrow that. You know, they never get past the ego and the, and the, the, the problems that that brings. So you have a uh, you have an obligation, really. You've been given this amazing opportunity just simply by being born here. And like you said, Brian, you have that upward mobility factor that most countries don't have. You know, you you really need to understand what you have here um, and then take that and use it as inspiration. Don't use it as a means to beat yourself up and say, well, damn it, I wish I would have done more. Start today because you can. You, you really can. You can change yourself, change your your uh, the way you do things. You can look at the world a little bit differently. And hopefully by listening to these words on these podcasts and our perspectives that you can get, get that inspiration and uh, sit up. Let me give you an example. I've been trying to get healthy, right? I, I, I've been doing a smoothie every day, lower calories, you know, all this stuff. And I'm not really having a ton of luck. I've lost a little weight and I, whatever else. But I really wanted more health, right? I, I was starting to feel my age, 46 years old. My joints hurt. My eyes are going, you know, like there's all this these little things that start happening to you when you're you get older, right? And every single day I have to wake up and I have to get on a treadmill for 30 minutes and sweat my ass off, right? And... In the morning, for the last forever, I, my routine has been wake up 5 a.m. and do my thing on my phone, lay there for an hour or two and respond to messages and do what I have to do. Now I have to pry myself out of my warm bed with my beautiful wife, and I have to walk up a flight of stairs, and then I have to walk on a treadmill or run on a treadmill for 30 minutes. And recently, uh, we have two floors. We have two air conditioning systems. Our upstairs air conditioner took a shit last week. Oh, no. So now it's fucking hot. So as now you're, you're running in a sauna. Dude, it's 90 degrees in the Ugh. upper level of my house. And I thought, yeah, this is a perfect opportunity to take some quote unquote rest, right? Mm. I'm not going to go up there and work out in 90 degree heat. That's insane. And then I started feeling those days that I wasn't doing that exercise. I started feeling like shit. I started feeling tired and, uh, you know, my brain wasn't working right. I needed cardiovascular uh, exercise. Um, and so the last couple of days I've chosen to go work up there. Now we should have the part today and it should be fixed today or whatever, but I've been working out in this 90 degree heat. It is extremely uncomfortable. I don't like it, but I had to take fucking action to do what was Absolutely. right. And I did it and I'm still doing it. So if I can do it, I'm an old ass man. I know you guys can do it too. So sure. get out there, work for it. And, and I just hope you understand if you don't live in this country, I'm not trying to sit here and shit on your country. This isn't about you or your your way of life, and that is not how I see it. But I have been to a lot of countries other than the United States, 
Some of them are very beautiful. Some of them have a lot of freedom. I totally get that. I mm-hmm. I am 100% educated on that. It is a thing, though, where I live in a place where I feel, I'm very passionate, I'm very patriotic. I feel very strong that we need to preserve what we have here. It's important that we don't change too much. And if we do change, it's for the better of the masses, yes. for the people who actually live here. So, All right. Yeah. So to end this showdown, I want to go to all three of us and talk about our week that we've just gone by. So Kyle, tell me what's going on in your shop this week. Uh, so this past week I, I've been working on a bunch of knives, uh, for my big knife center order that I'm working on. Um, uh, they're all magna cut my pocket bush crafter. That's a like three and an eighth inch blade. Um, and then my bigger bush crafter, that's a four inch blade. So, um, uh, he treated a ton of those magna cut blades and going to be grinding those coming up. And, uh, next week we're going to actually be going out to Boston and, uh, Cape Cod for a family vacation. So hopefully do some whale watching and stuff. So got to try to get, get as many of those ground before, before that trip as possible. Nice. Nice. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's good to, you know, not only have the vacation to look forward to, but bust your butt from now until that vacation to get ahead on things. So it sounds Mm -hmm. like you're doing that. So Brian, before you tell or before you tell us about this week and what's coming up next week, why don't you go ahead and tell us all about those sponsors? Well, thank you for the reminder, Brian. <laughs> uh, I needed it. Um, yeah, so we have two sponsors on the show, actually three. Uh, the beautiful people of Patreon. If you're interested in supporting what we do here, uh, make sure you go to uh, www.patreon.com forward slash work for it, and for as little as ten dollars and eighty cents a year. You can get 52 after shows well, where we will answer uh, your questions. And uh, we, we did a lot of discussion goes on in the back end of Patreon. And so uh, and really what it does is it helps pay for our software, pays for our tickets to go to Blade Show and other places like Makers Maker Camp. Um, and it's just a way to keep our equipment functional and all of that. So if you like what you hear, and then we are compelling you to uh, go out and support us financially. Also, BakerForge.com, Coy Baker and the boys are making the best steel in the business. If you like Damascus, Q-My, um, uh, Bronze My, these very, very unique pieces of steel, uh, pattern welded steels, go check out bakerforge.com and use the promo code WFI10 to get 10% off. You will quickly see if by looking at all their social media, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, OnlyFans, you'll see. You'll see. Yeah, the OnlyFans is really interesting. It's like all the guys in the forge, they're working, but aprons only. Oh. It's very it's really interesting. Yeah. I mean wow. I watch it for the educational oh, okay. reason only. Uh, but uh, knives the, aren't the only thing getting dipped in that gator piss. That, oh, oh, baby, <laughs> look out! Uh, and then make sure you go over there and check it out. M- remember to use WFI 10 to get that 10% off. You can get a hundred dollar billet for 90 bucks, and it, their steel is fantastic. It's it's really top notch shit, anyway. And then also, when you're ready to put a handle on it, use some abrasives. You need a tool, go check out maritime knife supply.com. Lawrence Lake, good friend of mine, uh, started maritime. And has just about anything you could ever possibly need uh, for your knife making next knife making endeavor, and go uh, tell them that the guys over at Work for It sent you. Yeah, and make sure you go. Bu- I'll be go using ahead. a bunch of his Norton Norax uh, ceramic abrasives on that Magna Cut. 
Yep. Um, yep. That's the only the only thing that I found that uh, above 120 grit that actually cuts. So. Wow. Use the Thanks structured. The, those are the structured abrasives, right? Yeah, the yeah. ceramic structured ones. Yeah. Yeah, we use those the for sharpening. Yes, we use the U36 and the U16 here, and they're fantastic. We use them for sharpening. So okay. they're yeah, and that's you're right. That's the only thing in MagnaCut that will that will touch it. So wow. yeah, the Norax series from Norton. Uh, they are they aren't cheap, them. but they'll definitely pay for themselves. Yeah, yeah, and they last too. That's the thing about them. What we discovered is I still have my original sharpening belts. That, and I, we use that all the time. I mean, if you wash them, you know, get a little water on them and clean off stuff, it's they're they're great. They last a long time. So hmm. go check them out at MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Um, and also, uh, just uh, just so I mention this one more time, Kyle, who joined us on the show today, has his own podcast called The Knife Perspective. So make sure you go out and find it on all the major podcasting platforms because it's an excellent, very very um i will say educationally rich show it's not all the fart and poop jokes like we do on this show <laughs> and all the you know, all the flag waving and stuff it's it's really like legit good data like so if yeah. you're a knife maker and you want to learn more and hear about their experiences of doing production knife work the this is the show for you so go check out knife perspective on all major uh podcasting platforms and check out kyle daly's website uh knives.com is am I, am I saying that right yep we okay. nailed it knives.com because it's you don't just sell knives there you sell the tools as well mm-hmm. which is yeah, the carbide straightening important. hammers the sanding sticks the bottle hole epoxy bottle holders all sorts of different things now, don't I buy your straightening say- hammer from kyle buy it from me our hammers are way better. <laughs> I have to say that carbide straightening hammer saved my butt on the four fillet knives that I just finished up. One of them went like an absolute banana, and it was, of course, the Damascus one. So between that and the straightening jig and the shim temper, man, that it got it back to laser straight. So yes, no kidding. Right, right at the very end, even as thin as that steel was, I used I used a couple taps and it put it nice and straight right at the very end. So you shim tempered to pull most of the warp out and then finished right. it with the hammer. Yep. So I got, there yep. was, there was this big portion basically right where the handle meets the blade. That's where there is a giant warp. I was able to straighten that when the shim <clears throat> temper, but there's still just a little bit of a warp down at the tip. And because all of that's getting ground out in my grinds, I was able to use the, the carbide straightening hammer and I straightened the tip. I straightened the heat, like right at the very end of the, the handle and it, it absolutely saved it. Yep, it, it is a really awesome tool to have in your arsenal for yeah. and for straightening. I mean, it's it blows the mind when I use it. I'm like, oh, man, this is just I, I'm always a little tentative. And it's interesting, too, because it doesn't take a lot of force. It's just very light taps. And you can clearly see even at one or two hits. Oh, it's you can clearly it. yeah. see how you, it works. Yeah. So it's pretty great. So go check out uh, Kyle Daly's uh, straightening hammers and his, all of us other stuff. The tool, um, the uh, I have the 3D printed um, glue up uh, the glue bottle holder thing that you developed. Mm-hmm. And I use that. You can buy the files from Kyle. I think they're like 10 bucks. And yep. that was awesome. Like I use that all the time. I, it holds all my glues and everything. 
sanding buddy. And the sanding buddy is a big one. We If we hand sand anything, which we fucking hate to do, we <laughs> use the sanding buddy. And, and let me tell you the reason why I think the sanding buddies are, are superior to the other designs. It's because you still have to hand hold the sandpaper so you can use all of the paper. You yeah. don't like a lot of these where you have to roll it under something and pin it down. That's all wasted paper. And that's like usually half of the sheet that you're, you know, half of the roll piece that you've pulled out, like a good quarter of it or half of it you can't use. Yeah. So unless you're pulling it and tearing it off and then using it by hand anyway, which is like just get a freaking sanding buddy. Yeah. And the, be uh, done with it. Lawrence Lake actually turned me on to the Rhino stick uh, paper. It's like two and three quarters inch wide and it has an adhesive backing. So that works out even more so you can use wow. every little bit uh, and stick it directly to it. Worked a lot better than the, the double sided tape method that I was using before. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I like, right. I like just rolling it over honestly, and then just moving it, you know, cause I, mm. then I can get fresh abrasive really quick. All right, so. Brian, we got sidetracked. Let me hear about your past week and your week coming up, and then I'll do mine. We'll get into the after show. Okay, so we are still doing production knife work here. Uh, CNC has been the king, um, you know, the robots that we're now programming to do all the little work on our stuff. And we got some handle material in. I've been just ordering, like, I just went out and started ordering handle materials from random people that I know that make them. Um, and I started just machining them, you know, just in the little tiny millwright CNC. It's got a 20 by 20. It's actually 19 and three quarter by 19, three quarter cutting window. And then um, we we did our we basically finished our first actual thicker clipper here nice. in the that was all done in our machines. Um, and of course, there's a lot of we do a lot of handwork, too. There's you don't just take it out of the machine and throw it a handle on it and it's sold. It's there's a lot of other little details that go in between, but we're working on that process so that we can share that process with everyone just so they can see how we make them. I will have, or Brent will have, I think 10 of these knives. Oh no, maybe not. I don't know. I can't say the number because he's gotten a request from a lot of people to purchase these knives already. So I'm not even going to say anything about it. They're just, they're, We'll hopefully have a few for sale very soon if they don't get snatched up because the ones we've made are, I think, are already spoken for. But um, the uh, so we've been doing that. And then also I'm working on a very I would love to have this conversation again with you, Kyle, at some point. But, um, you know, I have that issue with the um, the surface grinding and I am about ready to pull like hit go on my CNC as soon as we're done with this to do a surface milling operation on these knives to take off uh two and a half thousandths of an inch on each side i am doing that with a magnetic chuck that is chucked up in a vice in my cnc so this is a grand experiment because if this works which i think it will uh then i won't need to purchase a a whole surface grinder. And I, I don't know if anybody has this experience or not, but if somebody's out there and understands this better, is there a reason why I would need a surface grinder to do this work rather than just shell milling these because I sandblast anyway after the fact? So we sandblast and then we etch 
or sometimes we Cerakote. So I don't think a surface grinder is necessary for what we're doing. So if anyone has any knowledge on that, maybe Brigham Kendall might have some knowledge, but you, um, I don't know. Do you want to talk about that in the after show or you want to? Yeah, actually, okay. that's a that would be a great after show because we got, don't have an after show I got show some question. things on that. Okay, cool. Maybe, uh, we don't maybe have the show. overarching the overarching after show is talking about production knives because you know obviously I'm starting up my little production. Yeah, yeah. So let's do it. Let's talk about flagship uh, production knife making because I think that's an important topic for a lot of people. Sure. Uh, you guys want to hear a, a Fourth of July well, theme? Hold on, hold on, hold dad on. joke. Co- Cohen, what are you working on? Thanks, Kyle. <laughs> I, Cohen already talked about a bunch of shit. All no, right. I didn't. What are you talking about? So nope. I've got, I just, this week has been upward mobility central for me. So last, last show I was kind of down and out. I was, I was down to zeros and you know, things weren't looking the greatest. This week has been all about working so fucking hard and, you know, basically getting myself, digging myself out of the hole instead of getting, oh. falling down into it. So I finished the four flay knives. That's awesome. That's, that's huge. I did this raffle, which I'm down to 20 tickets left. So if they if they happen to still be there in the morning, we're going to get rid of those last couple tickets, draw the winner, and be done with that. And I started the prototypes for this little, this little production that I'm trying to start. And I'm absolutely loving the crowdsourcing that I've done around it. So this this production is going to be all around that that um harpoon clip design the the raffle knife is a five inch blade so me and brian brian hindenkamp um basically he sat down and he cnc'd it all up for me gave me you know i sketched it out and then he cnc'd it so not c no cad cad goodness he didn't cnc it he catted it so that i have a nice little template to go off of and all the way through this whole process, I've been posting and asking requests or asking opinions of the community, and I've gotten so much enjoyment out of listening to what people want. Because originally I was going to do a four-inch and a three-inch version. Well, then I posted it, and a lot of people said, why don't we go smaller? So I sketched out smaller. Um, or we put out the one CAD one where it was a three, a two-and-a-half, and getting even smaller than that. And so many people said three and so many people said two and a half that that's what I'm going with. It's those seem to be the crowd favorite. So that's huh. what I'm going with. So and now even it's been two days since that's been going on. I've already finished the prototype. Literally this morning I woke up at 4 a.m. because I was just absolutely jacked. So excited to finish up these prototypes. And um, I have them completely finished. Um the carbon fiber, the the 1084 is the the um, prototype steel, right down to their sharpened, their etch, their even have Kydex sheaths made, and they are they're beautiful, they're awesome, they're super comfortable, and I'm really enjoying the the community aspect of the design around it. Right down to you know I've I made a couple posts about you know what should we name this, and I've gotten a lot of really cool names, but I haven't quite yeah. landed on one yet, but. I'm just really jacked about the idea of doing this production. And I'm realizing that, you know, maybe I can get into this more in the after show, but there is a lot of things that if I'm going to be super um, efficient on this, I need to do a lot of changes to this because there's still a lot of difficult things that I have to do to each one to make it, you know, within this design. So 
We can talk about that more in the after show. I just want to say thank you guys to everyone who's supported me through this week, through the raffle. Uh, we'll get that one and sent out as soon as possible. You know, there's 20, 20 tickets left, 22 tickets left. So yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm really loving the community. I'm really wor- loving the the feeling of being tired at night and in the morning because I've worked so hard because it's just more fuel to, you know, push on further and further. So Love you guys. Thank you so much. And let's hear that dad joke. Well, I was going to say um, I have an idea for your the name of your knife because I love the fact that you're going with a smaller blade and the longer tang. Yes. Um, it's also a harpoon clip, so why don't you call it the poon tang? Ah! <laughs> what do you think? Sorry, my trombone is back behind me. Is that not... Is, is that not something we could call it? Or? <laughs> no, I mean, come on. Get I mean, out I of could. I, I don't know if I would. That would be my first choice. Okay. I was thinking I'll... like the, the thistle or maybe like the Ahab or something like. Uh, oh, yeah. Like make the... it make it a Moby Dick themed. See, I'm really liking the maritime theme with, you know, because it's a harpoon and yeah. you know, that. I've also really liked somebody said something about mountain range. And, you know, I live in Mount Pleasant. So, you know, I could kind of do like mountain and peak or peak and you know, something. I, I'm notoriously bad at choosing names. Yeah. I already feel bad for my kids someday because, you know, I'm so indecisive. But, yeah, that's that's the last little sticking point because I've pretty much figured out everything except for the naming and the, you know, design around like, do I do like a little logo thing? I don't know. I don't know. I'm loving this. Yeah. I'm loving this journey, though. Yeah, yeah, I I think uh, I think you're onto something there, and it it I love the design, man, and I like your approach. All right, you guys ready to hear a Fourth of July themed dad joke? Absolutely. All right, what does Polly the parrot want for the Fourth of July? What does he want? A firecracker. <laughs> what did one American flag tell the other American flag? What did he tell him? Nothing. It just waved. All right. Anyways, so we appreciate you guys. We're going to move on into the after show. Uh, if you uh, want to become a patron, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash work for it. And like I said, for just under 11 bucks. What is that? Like That's like buying somebody a lunch. You can join up our patron. Hundreds of people have already chosen to do this. And they support us every single week with their donation, and it helps us in a lot of ways. Ten dollars and so, eighty cents a year—you get a whole a year. year, yeah, a year. And Brian always does these great um, uh, interviews that he's been doing throughout the year. Those are on our main feed, and it pays for you know like the time that he's doing that. He pays for his equipment and all of that. Yep. So we appreciate you, Brian, for doing that extra work. Yeah, and man. I'm proud of you and proud of your process. I, I I just know that you're going to do great with this new production knife line, which is what we're going to be talking about in the after show. We're going to be talking about the breakdowns of what that looks like from a work perspective and a money perspective and a time perspective. What that means for a flagship product. We can do it right here on Work For It. Let's go on to the after show, baby. Let's do it. Happy 4th of July, guys. 